Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Riffing with Clintus, episode 36, with a good friend of mine, which I have to say right out of the gate, probably the hardest guest to nail down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because he's so damn busy. <laughs> no, it's a good thing, man. Like, I'm so, like, I'm seriously, I'm so pumped to hear about everything that you and the guys have going on all the time. Like, and it's not because, like, I want the juicy details. Tell me stuff before it comes out. Like, I'm just genuinely excited to hear about all the shit that you and Ben and Corey and Tim and all like everyone has going on. So it's always like, and you're the, and you're the business guy. Like you're the one who's like going to the meetings, having the phone calls and like, just from what I get from the jam and having conversations with you, by the way, sorry, we're totally getting already into it. Uh, Kevin K magic one one What's up, man? What's up, Clintus? How you doing, bud? Doing great. So we, 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 we've been talking for like, we've been talking for 10 minutes. And so I'm already like in that zone of like, let's talk, man. Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go. No, I'm, 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 I'm excited. I finally, I, I feel terrible because Clint has been trying to nail down time with me for weeks and it's like, all right, let me try this thing. And then something comes up and then he, you on, was it Monday? We're, tr we're driving back from TwitchCon and he got delayed. And I was yep. like, it's your fault this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried time and it, there was a, uh, there was traffic. They had a construction on the highway. So it was down to one lane. So it was just like super slow for like four miles or something. Yeah. And, and we were supposed to probably do this a half an hour ago or so, but, uh, my Omid from OPG was like, "Hey, you got time to have that phone call we were talking about yesterday?" I'm like, "God, yep, yeah, yep. quick, quick, let's do it quick." Yeah, manager <laughs> takes priority. I gotta say, man, <sighs> you missed a hell of a party at TwitchCon. Uh, OPG uh, T Pain I, showed up. Am I allowed to go to TwitchCon still? Is that is that okay? Oh yeah, dude. There were there were there are were guys sure? walking around sure? with mixer shirts and I, I know. <laughs> uh, actually, it was funny. We were joking around. We're like walking down the streets, heading to like dinner, and we're like. What if there's a guy standing here with like a mixer shirt on, like handing out like mixer, like Ember codes or something? <laughs> like just, that would be, that would be great. Everyone was anticipating Ninja doing something like Ninja's bus rolling up or something like that. Like everyone was like talking about that. Like where's Ninja? You, like you want to talk about how things can change in a year. Think of how Ninja centric TwitchCon was last year. Right. And now he doesn't even stream on Twitch anymore. Yeah. Time, times change, man. Like that's the thing. Things happen fast. In a uh, year, something that can be announced tomorrow can have ramifications on something that we all thought was happening last week. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 wild. It's it's just thinking about that and the New Year's party that they had, and now he's like not even there anymore. Yeah, but well, good for him because for his career, that was the smartest business move that that Tyler Ninja could have made, and I'm happy for him because he's a really nice guy and a good dude. And, I hope he got he got paid out the ass for that because he deserves it. Oh, 100 percent. Dude, when that happened, my chat like for like for, for a week straight, people were asking me my thoughts on that, or they would just straight up come into uh, chat and say this is what their thoughts were, and you know, and I, and I try, I, I obviously business centric, have a business mindset, like like you said, super smart move, like really like the best thing he could have done is leveraging his you know his clout, his reputation while he has it, you know, like why he's still relevant. And uh, he's he's young. He's like what, 27, 28? 28, I think. 20, yeah. 29, something like that. Yeah, he's he's young. He's smart. Uh, he doesn't look like like he spends his money, but he also doesn't look like someone that with what he I perceive him making, he doesn't spend like why he didn't buy like a tiger, right? He just he's got some nice clothes, and he got his wife some nice things. 
uh, I think he's he's doing it correctly. Sure. Um, that's that's my two cents on the ninja thing because everyone constantly streaming on Mixer. Obviously, you know, everyone comes in. They're like, well, thoughts on ninja? Right. Thoughts on ninja? I was like, Tyler's a really nice guy. He helped us raise a buttload of money for charity last year. No, no, the move to Mixer. I, you should, he's streaming now. You should go ask him. <laughs> you should go ask him. <laughs> So yeah, so speaking of it real quick, I, I feel like normally I don't go into like uh, the details of, of the guests because 99% of the time, the people that are on the podcast, like my, my, my community are kind of already knows, but I want to throw down on the table here. Just you are, you do so much. And yeah. like, like I said, genuinely, I'm very, I'm always curious and interested in what you have going on because you are a business centric person and, and you're, you're in my, my perception of what I know of you, like you're very smart about what you do and how you do it. And so you got, you stream on Mixer. You've, mm-hmm. been, you've been doing content creation now for how, how many years? Uh, it'll be five in December. Okay. So c- content creator for now for five years. You have how many podcasts? Uh, two, two that I, I do all the time. Um, I've, I've had been sitting on a third one, but I'm literally waiting for us to launch the Rare Drop Studio. And then like, I will carve out time to do a third one. Okay, so two 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 podcasts that, that you're on. Uh, how many? But you but you also stream on multiple channels too. You have your K Magic One One channel, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you have your Sports Ball channel, which is yep, One One Sports, which is on Twitch still. Well, right. I just went back to Twitch. Right, and then you have the Worst Radio Show, which is the other podcast that you are now yep. also streaming with. Yeah, we started bringing uh, stuff back and and looking at that. That's how I got started uh, back in the day. It was me, Rob and uh andy uh and then no one really knows andy because he we parted ways with andy a few years back uh and then pete and 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 wayne came into the equation then mike came into the equation and uh you know we stopped streaming on the channel and one day we were like why 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 not just you know sit there and play video games and do because that's that's what we do a lot of the time anyway is just sit there and chit chat Mm-hmm. And like last night, we're uh, Wayne was diving in Shadowkeep for the first time. I was like, "Cool, I'll hop on because I need a mental break because I've been having a day for the past few months because five month old." Uh, right. And uh, I was like, "I'm just gonna just put on you know the Rays game and wrestling, and I'm going to play some some Destiny with Wayne and Pete." And we just sat there and we bullshitted. And I was like, "Guys, this is all we need to do on the channel. Like, all we needed to do was just hit the go live button." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is it. This is the. Sh- that's like Seinfeld. That's a show. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing over there. So I'm I'm less involved in the streaming over there and more like working with them to build up uh, content and and start producing it and doing that stuff. We haven't really launched too much over there aside from the podcast stuff and running some reruns and stuff. Uh, yeah, but. The sports channel, I I, uh, I just started bringing other people into it because I wanted I've always wanted it to be a team channel. Um, I basically take franchise mode in sports games and I put it on its it's on this tilt where like everyone can participate. So like Clintus comes in and he wants to join our NHL league and he lives in Arizona, so he wants to to get the Coyotes as his team. So he's going to own the Coyotes for that entire season that we do that. He's got to use the currency he earned in the stream, whether it was from betting or hanging out or now on Twitch, you get get some of the currency for subbing or giving bits or whatever. Um, and then you're the owner of the Coyotes for that whole season, right? And we sim a lot of the games. We don't play them all because that would take forever. And uh, Clintus then 
you know, let's say he's like, ah, you know, I'm in third place. And we're about two months into the season. I need to make some moves. He'll go over to, to Wayne. who's the owner of the Islanders and be like, Wayne, I'll trade you, you know, left wing for two centers and blah, 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 blah. And you can orchestrate a deal. It can involve the in-stream currency. So it's basically like this crazy franchise mode thing that we just over three years have developed and uh, turned into this thing that we don't have this gigantic sports community, but the people that are there are rabid. <laughs> like, there are people, for reference, you get 10 of the in-stream currency, which is called Shrook Bucks from The Office, if you're a fan, mm-hmm. uh, every 10 minutes. There are people that have 36 million of those, Clint. Wow. All from making deals, they're all from betting and things like that. So the people that are there are super into it. And we always come across new people that are like, I wish I knew this existed. I wish I knew this existed. So that's crazy. Um, yeah, but I started, I have a, a community member, Lawless Walrus, who's been, he's been doing uh, fire pro wrestling. And uh, he started a, in an offshoot football game called Axis Football. And he's doing uh, NASCAR and F1. And, you know, I'm doing NBA and NHL. And, Wayne started doing um, NHL hut stuff. So ultimate team, but he's doing a no money team. So it's like, you can't spend any money on packs. Everything you have to be get is earned organically. So just cool stuff like that, but it's not all on me, which is nice. Uh, It was for a while. So growing that as well on the side. Very cool. Okay. So that's all, that's just the content creation side. So let's shift gears to, (laughs) yeah, exactly. See, this one one is kind of what I was going with on this. So then uh, we switch gears to, uh, I would say probably the pinnacle, which most I would say a lot of people know you for, is GCX. Uh, yep. uh, and so that used to be called, originally it was DestinyCon. And mm-hmm. then from there, it became uh, GuardianCon. And so now t- talk about, the, talk about the, the rebranding and the new name. So um, we started Destiny CommunityCon, and then you know we wanted a more ambiguous name, so we went with GuardianCon, uh, which still represented who we were we were always trying to you know cater to the folks that were our community which was primarily destiny but as time went on there were more games that got involved we did stuff with the division obviously if you came this year you saw uh borderlands warframe last year even this year some warframe stuff so when we sat back we said you know looter shooter con is cool but at the same time we don't even want to limit it to that because every time we seem to limit it to something we grow beyond those boundaries yep So we in, I want to say in March, we had the rough discussion of changing the name again, which was the biggest, it's one of those decisions where the, the four of us were like, this could blow up in our faces. This could be the catalyst we needed to get more people through the door. Not everyone's going to be happy about this change. Some people are going to be like, it's too generic. Other people are going to be you know, I, I, you're not destiny anymore. There was a number of things that went through our heads, but we knew if we were going to take the next step, the name needed to change again. Nobody wants to change their name three times in five years. Unfortunately for us, it was, it was inevitable. So we decided to name it gaming community con to keep the community aspect of it. We feel that's probably the, the pinnacle of it. And the most important, I want to say pinnacle cornerstone of it. The most important. Uh, combine that with the aspect of charity, the community giving to the charity. Gaming is self-explanatory. And Expo, we felt better represented what we were doing than Con. Because it really is more of a open-come experience rather than we are fans of Thing. Mm-hmm. So that was the thought process behind the name change. And the name change reveal was 
probably the most stressful three <laughs> seconds of my life. Oh yeah. I like I I because no one said anything when the when it popped up on the screen, the GCX. And in my head, I was like, you just made the most fatal professional mistake of your entire career because no one processed it yet. It took a second. I jumped out of my seat. I, I So many people did. And then I, I like, I almost threw up. But I jumped up out of my seat and just the biggest clap in the world because like, I like, I kind of, I got a hint at something earlier that day that something was coming. Um, I think... I don't want to say any names. Somebody, somebody was just in a, in conversation, kind of referencing kind of something like like a, more of like oh like a wink wink, and then I saw the shirts. Oh, you guys were wearing your shirts that day, and I was like, oh shit, that's that's gonna be that. So my thought originally was a re, just a rebrand, like that's the new logo, that's the new whatever, but like not necessarily a name change. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I knew something was coming, just you know being being savvy and seeing who was wearing those shirts. You know, it was all of you guys, like Pete. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Wayne was wearing Kings Coast, I think, but a lot of you guys were wearing the, that the logoed shirt. And so I was like, oh shit, here we go. You know? Yeah. So that, that's was, exciting. that was Corey's idea to like, he's like, what if we wear the shirts all day too? I'm like, yeah, it'd be fun. Let's do it. I'll Absolutely. So, but yeah, it was, it was, that was a stressful moment, but it was, like I said, when you guys stood up and cheered, I, I still wanted to throw up, but <laughs> it was very, very, uh, huge relief. Um, and we still get those comments from time to time, like, oh, it's so generic or oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah, maybe some patrons don't like it. We're going to keep it GCX. That's what we'll always call it. It'll never actually be spelled out. Yeah. No one calls Rooster Teeth Expo Rooster Teeth Expo. They call it RTX. RTX no one calls yeah. E3 the Electronics Entertainment Expo. Everyone calls it or whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, no exactly. one calls it Penny Arcade Expo. They call it PAX. So, that was our thought process behind putting that in there and, and doing it like that with the, with the acronym. So, yeah, no. And I think, the, I think the acronym makes sense. Um, it's, it's quicker, it's savvier. And uh, I mean, anything, anytime you put an X on the end of it, it's always, it's always better in my opinion. And every time someone says GC, everyone goes, Oh, Gamescom. So it was yeah. nice to get away from that too. And how much, how much have you guys raised so far for St. Jude? I think we're just under 9 million. We're like right on the, we're either under or over. I don't have it in front of me, but total over however many years we've been doing this now. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And then if you add in Play Live, uh, it's like 12, 13 million. Right. Which they announced, um, they announced that this year that you guys are going to do that, right? Like you're going to combine it all next year. Yeah. So we, we've, we've, I actually haven't talked about this. So exclusive. Uh, we felt when we sat down with St. Jude that, there was a disconnect between play live and guardian con mm-hmm. and we didn't like that. We're like, this is the same cause. It's in the same space. A lot of the same people are doing it for you. And then for us, like if we made it one big event and one big party over the course of the year, it would probably be beneficial to both of us. Sure. And they agreed. Uh, so the total, everything raised this year will be play lives total We'll still have our contribution, mm-hmm. but our contribution will feed into the total. And the total is going to be when we go to, you know, you guys and, and for help fundraising or whether you're donating, the total of St. Jude's Play Live program is going to be what comes across as 
basically, I, I hate using the word marketing and fundraising, but that's what it is. Our marketing yeah. message to fundraise. No, I understand. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I feel the same way. Cause I went, I went to St. Jude this year. I went to the play live summit and it was amazing. I got to do the tour of the hospital to learn like how the money is used and actually see patients. It was, it was really, really awesome. Of course, good to hang out with um, friends and colleagues and, and just talk about it. But like, I, I didn't, when I, when I did my fundraiser, uh, my charity stream, you know, I did it under the guardian kind of umbrella. Cause that's how it all started for me. Like, that's how I, you know, it, it, the charity that I've worked that I've done, um, it started with, with guardian con and that's the main one. Um, and, but so I didn't, I wasn't under that play live umbrella and their charity run, I forget what month it is, but it's before guardian con. It's like a month or two before guardian con. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. even then I was like, if it, maybe if it was like, six months later or six months before then it wouldn't be like okay cool let's raise some money for play live which is going to st jude and then let's raise money again for guardian con which is also going to st jude right um, it felt better the messaging's better when they turn around and they want to tell people what gaming has done and fundraising at st jude they include our total anyway so why not just make it one big hoopla that's uh, plus i feel like it's better for the media to pick it up that way um the messaging to outlets that might not be used to gaming, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, saying, Hey, this group of gamers is raising blah, blah, blah. And that group of gamers includes the folks working with GCX. So, um, we haven't worked out all the details. So if you do a satellite stream, I don't know if you'll still be under the GCX. I don't, we don't know how that ends going to work, sure, but sure. once I have that information, we'll launch. It should be before the end of the year. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be one big happy family and one big party this year, and we're gonna we're gonna blow it out of the water. I talk about GCX all the time, like I have have for the last four years. I've been to all four of the technical, actual cons, right? Like I, I obviously I didn't know you guys back for SweatCon, um, the original meet and greet meetup at the bar. Um, though I did get to go to that bar because uh, you guys had you guys had a little shindig at the same bar. Uh, the first year, and that's actually the yeah. first time I met you guys face to face. I remember meeting you at Cor. I think I met you at Corey's house. Okay, so then maybe you didn't go to that. The, you didn't go to the bar that night. I don't remember. I remember so meeting Corey and Ben because <laughs> I was sent to the bar. I was there early, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that now. But um, yeah. So so I mean, I'm always talking about GCX, and and this year alone, I mean, I'm sure you've got told this a billion times, but this year was like a, the the best year ever because of the venue, the location, and just like how everything lined up. And this uh, was the fact that you're going to do it again next year and the foreseeable future at the same location. It just, I think it's, I think it amplifies everyone that went this year can just be like, Oh cool. I already know what to expect. I already know what to, you know, what, what's going to be happening. Uh, so I think it's just going to be year over year. just going to continue to, to just blow it out of the water. When we, Last year, when we moved to the convention center, we thought that was it. We thought we had joined the party of industry events. Like, we're in the Tampa Convention Center. We got Tampa on the map. We're working with the city of Tampa. This is it. Like, we made it. This is, this is going to be the event. We're going to grow it to 20, 30,000 people, and it's going to be fantastic. This is it. We did it. I had some issues with the venue, and it like was a financial hit to us. So when people take money out of the pocket of my company and me and 
you know, money we probably could have uh, done some other stuff with, I turn around and I will find an alternative option. <laughs> sure. I, that's just how I am. Absolutely. So we always do a post meeting with St. Jude and they were asking, you know, what we thought of the new venue and so on and so forth. And I told them all our woes and issues and they were the ones that said, Hey, you know, would you be willing to go to Orlando? I said, I would, but I got to know what the, what is, what is, you know, the, the dollars look like. And they did a, a, basically a case study to show us that it would have been cheaper for most people to go to Orlando, uh, even on that holiday weekend that we did it last year, which we will hopefully never have to do again. Yeah. Um, I think that was the number one. Compl- I think that was really the only complaint, honestly, was the, the timing. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was it. Like it was either that or it wasn't happening. So, cause even the convention center was giving me issues on dates. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Like, either we do that or we we were not having another event sure which would have been terrible knowing what happened this year right so um yeah we we they were like we do this golf tournament at this place in orlando rosen shingle creek where the owner's very good to us uh would you like an introduction yes i will i'll go to orlando we went and looked at a bunch of places in orlando and the theme that we seemed to like the most was the hotel in the convention center so we went and we looked at, there's another hotel there in Orlando uh, called Gaylord Palms that has a similar setup. When Mr. Rosen basically offered the space to us, uh, you know, and it, just a very generous gesture, pricing, had the room pricing, everything they did was just so good to us. And when we were told why, Mr. Rosen was like, because of all the work you do for St. Jude. And I was like, okay uh that's awesome yeah so it was like this synergy of you know our community getting a thank you from a venue for the work we had already done and then when we were there like it's just like it's a cyclical relationship now because while we were there i've mentioned a few times but the rosen staff loved us loved us we gave their Mexican restaurant the best day they've had in 12 years. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that place the, was the, awesome. The, I, I think we ended each night there with a margarita. Like. Yeah. Just something about staying in the space that you're there and you don't have to leave is, is like Corey said, it's, it's a cruise on land. One of the, one of the bartenders stopped John, who is, uh, you know, basically our, the person we deal with at the hotel for globally for most things mm-hmm. and stopped John and said, um, are these guys coming back next year? And he's like, yeah, we're working out the details with them to uh, come back in end of June. And he's like, I got to make sure I work. <laughs> like, these people are the nicest people. They drink a lot. They're big tippers. He's like, I made more tonight than I have in two weeks. Oh, geez. So I don't know. There's just a synergy between us, the venue, their staff, you know, their staff was coming up to, to me and, and saying, hey, like, we, my son loves gaming or I love gaming. What are you guys doing down there? And I'm like, here, here's two free passes. Come come by whenever you want. You know, come say hello. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. Da, 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 da. So it's just it's just it was very exciting to experience that with the venue because we never really had that. Like the venues loved us wherever we went. But this was the first time that everybody was happy. Everybody was in a good mood. Everybody was just, I don't know, everything clicked. So this is it. Like, we have no plans to go anywhere else anytime soon. So, yeah, get comfy I mean, and 
plan been, on coming to Orlando. I've been to, uh, I mean, you know, I did, the, I did, uh, I've done a lot of conferences over the last, you know, decade with YouTube and, um, and I would always say that the best one was another one that was in Orlando called Playlist Live. It still goes on today. Um, and it's at the World Center Marriott. And mm -hmm. it's set up the exact same way. You you go to the hotel and you have your room there and they have multiple restaurants on the location. They've got like a cool pool bar and um, like like really like high-end restaurants. You can get sushi, you can get teppanyaki, a steakhouse, Mexican, all that stuff. And then you just walk down the main aisle and there's the convention center and it's all, it's just a one-stop shop. And that was always the the selling point for me to tell people like, yeah, do you play this? It's awesome. VidCon was good. It, it, the conference center was right next to two hotels or like four hotels. So you could like easily walk. Um, but like the restaurants are off the beaten path. You kind of had to go off, you know, to, to go to most of the restaurants. But nevertheless, like that is a huge selling point. And in my opinion, like, you know, one of the biggest pushes that I will, uh, that I was using Afterwards, I was like, yeah, dude, like get your hotel room as soon as possible. As soon as you guys mentioned the discounted rates, I'm like, book it. You don't have to pay for it right away. You can, you know, you can cancel up until a few weeks before the, the thing if you had to, you know, but it's so yeah, worth it's, it to stay at that, at that location. It's beyond worth it. And uh, even working it, dude, <laughs> like I can just go upstairs. <laughs> Right. Oh that yeah, was, yeah. That was so nice not having to drive home every night. Uh, so it, it was good for me too. And they gave us a really nice room. Like my whole family fit in a hotel room, which is very rare. Uh, so well, yeah, and you had both was, sides of your family come out too. I met I met your mom and I met Danielle's uh, dad and yeah, my mom came out with my siblings. Uh, three three of my siblings worked. Uh, my other sister didn't. Uh, my daughter works the event. She works the merch booth. So if you see a sassy teenager that looks, talks, and acts like me, <laughs> that's my daughter. Yep. Uh, and um, then my wife's uh, parents came because Danielle likes to be involved. So they come and they basically watch the kids for us. Uh, and um, Danielle's brother and his wife came. Danielle's sister came. So my whole family was there and spent... Uh, multiple nights there but it was just nice because you know even when I'm working and doing setup it's like I can go out to the pool cabana and check on my family who's having basically a mini vacation so just that whole aspect of it was was really nice for me personally grab so well, my so. tie on the way out oh you like that picture <laughs> that was that was the other clutch thing is like I'm I need a beverage yep. <laughs> Alex would be like go get a beverage Kev I'm gonna go get a beverage I'll be back Oh, man. I mean, even the venue when the event ended, they came in the the our uh, event office and they had like bottles of champagne and stuff, and they were like, "Cheers to your event!" And we're like, "What is this? This is great! <laughs> you guys are too nice." So, uh, yeah, I keep telling everyone the event's just going to keep growing. It is the most positive event in our industry. Uh, I just I showed my chat today because we don't have the file for it yet but I just got the video. Uh, it's like a 10 minute video about this year's event. Oh, awesome. and it just, it hits on everything. It hits on every piece of what we do. Uh, and it's the first time someone's made a video that just nails everything that GCX is the charity end of it, the community, the cosplay, the games, the event, everything is in that video. And it just, it's, it's a beautiful video. And if anyone's on the fence, or if there's someone that wants to be a sponsor or something that's looking to come in, I'm just going to give them that video and be like, here, this is what you're missing out on if you don't join in on this. So, um, 
yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. We take that whole building over because they or the Rosen hotels. There's like five in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So they have the ability to do things like give us room blocks at those other hotels. And then if that happens, then we can get shuttles from those hotels. if They sell out. So we can take over the the city of Orlando for GCX once yeah. a year. You got That's plenty my of room goal. to grow. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm stoked for that. That's amazing. Dude. All right. So then you say so you got, we got GCX and then we have Kings coast coffee. And yes. that is, uh, uh, let's see here. Are you about a year and a half now? Two, two years, uh, two years, one month, two years, one month. There you go. Yep. Two, oh, that's right. Yeah. You said the anniversary Saturday. blend. Hello. I'm dumb. Yep. 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 Uh, so that, so that I, I love this story, and I've—I mean, I've said I've—I've I've told this story on on my stream before because people ask me all the time because uh, I talk about Kings Coast, obviously drinking it, all the shirts, whatever. But like, how did how did coffee come? Like, how is that something? You're you're a gamer, you're you're an event planner, you know, you're you're doing a conference. How did the the idea of coffee come about? So, I am, uh, I drink a lot of coffee, as you can imagine. Um. And I really, we were, I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate this correctly. So I don't say something I'm not supposed to say here, but (laughs) we, we were looking at the space and there was stuff going on in our space with coffee. And it was kind of this thing that I said, why can't I do that? That was literally it. I just said, what, what's stopping me? I have the resources. I have the people. What's stopping me? So I pinged Wayne. Am I allowed to curse? Because I have yeah. to curse. To get, okay, good. Just making sure. Some podcasts are like, oh, I'm going to take that out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Wayne, I pinged Wayne because if you don't know, Wayne was a classically trained, not classically trained, but professionally trained executive chef. And he was working at a very nice restaurant on Long Island. And uh, I said, hey, uh, what would it take to start a coffee company, Wayne? And he's like, well, not hard. And this was in like our group WRS chat. And Pete says, hey, fuckface, who went to coffee college and was a general manager at Starbucks for three years? <laughs> and I went, whoops. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, now I'm not starting a coffee company with you. I'm starting with Wayne. Anyway, joke over. We, uh, <laughs> we fleshed everything out in about five weeks and launched um, with, uh, Des- was it Destiny 2? I think we launched it with Destiny yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah, we launched it with Destiny 2. So in five weeks, we went from nothing to filing paperwork with the state of New York, <laughs> getting a space to do it, ordering beans, uh, sourcing bags and all that stuff and roasting and figuring all of that out. We did it in five weeks because we wanted it to be ready for Destiny 2 launch for visibility. And uh, it, it, it just it was it was the best stupid idea I've ever had. <laughs> that's, oh, dude. that's the way I keep saying it. It's amazing because uh, things things pop in my mind all the time. I have everything from you know I have like a I'm more more of the lore, but also systems for a full video game uh, on my tablet. Really <laughs> sitting there, wait. I if you want to invest, let me know. Uh, just sitting on my tablet. I have um, ancillary to that. I have uh, pretty much the cliff notes for a full novel to go with it. <laughs> so. Like, I just, I just jot shit down as I go along. I start to organize it when I have, you know, a little free time. If I'm on vacation, if we're out of town, I'll pop open open. And I'll just move stuff around. Which, by the way, the Microsoft Surface has saved my life with all of these insane ideas that I get. 
because just the way I can organize it in OneNote and everything, I love it. Uh, so yeah, I just constantly put stuff in. I have business ideas uh, that I don't even think I've told Corey and Ben about and Tim. <laughs> so, you know, and then they come to me and they're like, "What's the feasibility of doing this?" You know, Corey wants to open a breakfast place. Corey wants to do a, a like a esports uh, sports bar. And it's like, we can do this, but we got to wait for, you know, right timing and so on and so forth. But even for that stuff, I have full on notes. Uh, this was the one thing that I did not plan for. It was just an idea. And I was like, let's go with it. You guys have the expertise. This is how we're going to structure the company. Rare drop alone half. You, you guys alone the other half. And it just flew. And we just went with it. And it was the best, like I said, the best stupid idea I ever had. Um, you know, uh, Wayne works full time there now. He is no longer a chef which was empowering for him because, you know, when you're a chef and you know, you just know how much money you're making someone at a really nice restaurant like that. And, and to an extent, I'm sure it's infuriating. And he loves food. He loves cooking. He loves, you know, bringing flavors to people. But at the same time, he doesn't like working for someone else and making money. So for him, this is a big deal that he gets to, you know, run his own company and be one of the employees. Pete's wife is the other full-time employee. So she left everything she was doing. So at the same time, it's also like a family-oriented situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, and self-run, self-own. Uh, you know, Pete's father-in-law is one of the other people that works there part-time. Wayne's wife works there part-time. Um, it's, it's cool that we get to do that as well. We haven't hit the point where we need to hire. So we joke outsiders. Uh, yeah, we've been able to keep it self-sufficient. Um, so... I love that end of it. And then, you know, we, we use rare drop. We use the platform to promote it, but even now it's grown beyond that. It's so far outside of just gaming. Like we exist in the space. We do what we do. We promote where we promote, but you know, there's people by now that the, the kid that watches Ben on Twitch bought it, his parents tasted it and they fell in love with it. And then the cousin came to visit. So now they're buying it. And then the cousin's parents have it like that's the reach that we've gotten to where we're so far outside of who originally bought it. And, and, uh, you know, the deal with rooster teeth was another one, which all of these people, my favorite thing to do is track analytics when I look at this stuff. So I'll, we'll take achieve blend or, uh, Dr. Lupo's lifeline. And we'll look at the analytics of the people that bought it the first time. Cause that's obviously an impression that we got from who was selling it. So we look at, uh, achieve. You know, you look at Achieve and those purchases two weeks later from those people and they maybe bought Achieve and Aztec and then they bought Achieve and Baymans and then they bought Baymans and they stopped buying Achieve, mm-hmm. which is the funny part. So what they originally intended to come and be a part of now, they are not even buying that anymore. They're beyond that, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's one of the coolest things to look at is, is people really do enjoy the coffee and they... I, jo- I, I wasn't even joking, but I tweeted the other day because Sunday we did like a, uh, was it Sunday or Saturday? I don't know. We did a family day this past weekend because I've been working so much. I needed to make some time for them. Um, and uh, we took the kids out to brunch and I'm sitting there and I order coffee and they bring the coffee and I take a sip and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I saw that tweet. I saw your tweet. <laughs> like, babe, I can't drink this. <laughs> And she's like, uh, so there's like one coffee shop downtown that we like. Uh, and then there's like all over Tampa. I have a few hidden that either are good enough or they actually do make some good coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like we gotta go here because I'm, I'm I can't I can't drink this. <laughs> See, I've always, okay. So here's my thing with with when uh, I've always it took me a long time to like coffee. I think I was probably like. Uh, oh, I know I was in college, so I don't. Let's just say I was like twenty or twenty-one. I don't know somewhere around there before I actually enjoyed ordering a coffee. And even then, it had to be like a. I started with like a you know caramel frappuccino from Starbucks, right? It had to be sweet and flavorful. And then slowly, I got to like vanilla lattes, and then I could do mochas and just whatever. But I've always been a a latte guy, so I'll go to, to go to a coffee shop and I'll order um, a vanilla latte or caramel if they have something special. I love a vanilla honey. Like that's a good flavor, but if it's a really top-notch coffee shop, I'll just do it a cappuccino because I know that I that it's going to be a good espresso and I'll, I'll enjoy it. But I've never been a, just a straight-up coffee drinker. I never drink black coffee, period. And then I could do coffee with some like flavored creamer, but I was super picky about because certain some flavored creamers taste like soy and, and and like you know the the ingredients are not really the best. And so if and I'm I'm a slow drinker and I I don't like super hot coffee. So I let it sit for, I mean, you know, it's just, I'm not the mm-hmm. the average coffee drinker, but when you reached out to me to try, try it out and you sent me the four original uh, uh, roasts, I did a taste test. I, I roasted a cup for each one and I, I did a little live stream and I, I tried all four black and I was like, I'm going to try these black so I can actually try to taste the flavor and give you guys an actual representation of the flavor. And I shit you not, it was, it was the first time I enjoyed a black cup of coffee. And I actually enjoyed three of them. The only one that I didn't, I mean, I'll drink it. If you, if you were to pour me a cup right now, I'd drink it, but I don't care for it is. And I, it's funny now because his Ben, Ben's Ben's roast. And then his other favorite one, which is the, uh, the Cali reserve. Mm-hmm. Both of those have, I think the Ethiopian beans and he uh, loves it. Yeah. He yeah, loves yeah. it. And I, and that's the one that I, that I don't like. So anything that has Ethiopian beans, I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll pass on that one. Like it's, it's something about that flavor pal, but it's funny because that's the best yeah. what Ben loves. And that's and so anytime I'm like, hey, what's your what are you drinking right now? He's like, oh, this one. I'll look it up. I'm like, oh, it's Ethiopian. Yep. <laughs> I started on Bayman's was like my yep. unofficial blend, and now all I drink is I literally just order San Marcos and Aztec. Ooh, San every Marcos. time I order, I always try. I always try new stuff because I'm I I don't like light. I like smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of a smooth cup of coffee in the morning, and both of those are just just right, low acid. And they're super, super smooth. I love Aztec. So even I, my, I always recommend Aztec to people. All the time. Aztec's the staple. I think. I think out of all the non, uh, I don't want to say non-branded ones, but the the not, yeah, out of our regular line, Aztec is probably the best one we have. Uh, that is even sales. Like people joke, it's like, hey, goth, I bought bromance instead of yours. And Corey, I don't care which one you buy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> No, yeah, no, Aztec is solid. Um, I, uh, I, I've tell, always tell, I always tell, you know, when I make put an order in, it's always like, yeah, give me a couple of whatever the you know reserves that you're making, or you know, you know, something new, because then you know, Wayne's always messing around with stuff. The Guardian Con roast last year was my favorite, like that that cherry and like lime, like it was a light roast. Um, I told people all the time, like really good, you know, summer blend because it's it's really light. That that yeah. was my favorite for for a while. And obviously, I ran out of that because it was limited edition, but that was super solid. But yeah, I just yeah, I, I I drink uh I drink black coffee now pretty regularly. In fact, the last couple of days I've been finishing off my last of my uh the rum barrel, the Costa Rica. I mm-hmm. love that one. That's just amazing. Costa Rican rum barrel barrels uh different. I liked bourbon better than rum. I'm excited to try the new one. I haven't even tried it yet, but. 
they always do a good job. So yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the new one you just got you announced today? It's the uh, <laughs> forget the name of it. They they come up with funniest freaking. Well, names I mean, but I it's it. uh, it's the tequila barrel. Yeah, tequila barrel. We're experimenting. So Wayne started this working on this in was before Guardian Con. We came up with the idea. So I want to say April. Oh wow! He okay. did a test run. And he, he was like, this is it, chief. When he, he took him out, <laughs> he's like, we're going to be the first ones in the industry, just like soaking him and whatever. So keep on the lookout for that being a staple of us trying, you know, different things like this and being a little bit on the more original side when it comes to developing new flavors. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's a very crowded industry. Um, and even with that, we, we ran K cups and we sold them and there was a profit. But at the end of the day, it was this is nothing like what we projected. So why not just keep our image of of a an artisan coffee company, drop the K cups, and and maybe we'll revisit in the future or if someone wants to invest or if we ever get bought out or anything like that. Like K cups, sure, go for it. But for now, it's just like let's focus on the flavor and producing the best coffee we can produce because that seems like the biggest win and that was the best idea we've had was to just drop K cups and move forward with that. We always get the few people that are like, we well, thought you guys had K cups and, but it's just a small amount of people. Yeah. Every once in a while, when I, when I talk, when I do my little, little pitch for Kings coast and chat, you know, people ask about K cups and I'm always like, Nope, but you can go to Amazon for like eight bucks, buy a reusable one and boom, you're, you're still, you're set, man. You know, it's just yep. a little bit more work, but you're going to get a much better cup of coffee. Um, we get people asking for instant coffee, and we're like, "Dude, you are barking up the wrong tree right now." <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just a million other places you can get that. And I don't know why you're coming to us. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is, like you said, it's your image. It's what you. Uh, it's what you're known for, and so you stick with that. And of course, I mean, you tried it. That's the thing. You flexed. You tried. It didn't work out the way you wanted it to, and so you you moved on. And I think that's a smart smart thing i always tell people i'm like just try the coffee because once you do you're in that's it that's yep. why i send people free coffee all the time i'm like okay cool here's a bunch of free coffee oh my god i can't believe you did it yep i was like you're you're don't worry you're already in the system so when you place your order just let us know yeah yeah right <laughs> that's how it has hooked me we were out we were out uh we had a the pre-jam meeting last week and ben had a king's coast shirt i had a king's coast hat and the girl was like, I'm over the bartender was like, I've overheard every, your conversation. I'm not trying to be nosy, but I've overheard you. What do you guys do? So Corey explained what we do on Twitch and, and Mixer. And then uh, she's like, what's King's Coast then? So then we showed her the website and, uh, and she ordered a bag right there. Oh, that's the awesome. And I go, Wayne, put an extra bag in there for her. And he goes, no problem. So guarantee you, if I look her name, <laughs> she has placed another order by now. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's, it's just, it's, it's great coffee. Wayne and Pete do a phenomenal job with uh, creating the product. And, you know, then we can go out and use the leverage to sell it. It's, it's a match made in heaven. Well, and you, and you said it too, when you were kind of talking about how like it's, it's family orientated and, yep. you know, I've had the pleasure of, of, you know, meeting all, all those people that you talked about and, you know, I, it's, I, I love them. I love, I love all you guys. Like, I love the fact that it is a family oriented, oriented business and you know, your daughter's there and you guys have been doing a lot of publicity recently from the, um, you know, the tasting room and where yep. you actually make the coffee and you guys were on TV and you know, there's, there's, there's just a lot of stuff going on. So just see all that stuff. <laughs> that deal is disgustingly weird. Uh, <laughs> 
MSG, if, if you're outside of New York, even if you're outside, you might still get it. But MSG is basically the, it's a network. Everyone thinks it's Madison Square Garden, but it's, it's the network named after Madison Square Garden. And that is where the Rangers, Devils, Islanders, and Knicks are broadcast in New York. Um, and on MSG, they were looking for local businesses to feature for the Islanders that were like owned by Islander fans. And somehow someone that worked there like knows us through GCX and all that stuff. So they connected the dots. Lo and behold, MSG comes down, films a full on commercial with Pete and Wayne in the tasting room, in the warehouse, talking about the coffee. And they're running it one to two times every Islander game this entire season. Oh, wow. We didn't pay a dime for that. They came to us. That's huge, man. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) And Wayne sits there and watches the Islander game. And then whenever it comes on, he goes and he's like, my phone just starts because he gets a buzz for every, he gets that thing for every order. Oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he's like, yeah, phone just starts going as soon as the commercial comes on. People come into the tasting room and they're like, I saw you in the Islander game last night. So it's, it's, it's not only, that's what I mean. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you're making coffee for gamers. I'm like, nope, not anymore. <laughs> we're making man. coffee for everyone. Yeah. Uh, one of these know, days, one of these days I'll make it to New York. I, I, I really want to visit and, uh, and not, not only experience it, but like, just see it, capture it, share it. Like it's, it looks so amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super cool when people come through that, like we know, like DJ was there. Uh, with his family he was in town for a wedding mm-hmm. and he came by and uh he got wayne hooked him up with some new stuff that no one knows about which i think was the tequila barrel mm. and uh and uh you know making him the cappuccinos and the coffee and his family's like your coffee's amazing dj's been talking about for you it's just cool to like you said the family aspect of it and then there's the community aspect of it and you know if you wanted to come out they they love it to to do some fun stuff with you. So it's, I don't know, the whole thing's really cool. I feel very blessed every day to be able to operate in this, this little sphere of, as I like to joke, insanity. But it's, it's so cool. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so then, so then we'll pivot one more time to sure. uh, the main company, which is Rare Drop. And that's uh, originally started with you, Ben, and Corey. And then recently, Tim joined... Uh, joined with you guys yeah. so it's the four yeah. of you guys yep and uh you have technically two employees uh we have uh two part-time employees a consultant and two full-time employees now oh wow okay so a lot more than i even know about okay uh yeah. so, so, the, so the company's it, definitely growing <laughs> that doesn't include me and danielle because my wife does a lot of stuff for rare drop and obviously so do i sure so, uh, and you guys are, you guys are building a new studio right now, right? That's in the works. Yeah. How, we were, uh, we were renting space for my in-laws. Uh, they own a building, uh, here in Tampa and, uh, we wanted to expand and, you know, get into doing content in house and they just couldn't facilitate what we wanted to do, which I was sad about. It was a little bit far from, uh, where most of us live too. So Corey went out and he found a, a office space and it was like a blank canvas. So we had to go in there and change a lot and do a lot. The landlord's really cool, uh, which helped out a lot. So we went in there and we storyboarded, I guess you call it story. I don't know, like blueprinted. I don't know what the word is, but we went through a couple iterations of what the space could be and what each room could be and how we could maximize the space to create content 
and uh, do some cool stuff in there. So the final mock-up, and now there's, you know, all the wiring is, is being done literally this week. Uh, furniture is starting to arrive, but we have a what we're calling a couch co-op studio, which is going to be a studio with a couch and two love seats. I don't know if you've ever seen Rooster Teeth podcast, but mm-hmm. it'll be similar to that. But it'll just be that one shot of everybody instead of, you know, multiple camera angles because mm-hmm. we're not there yet. Um, we'll do the jam from there. Uh, you know, if you want to play retro games, board games, whatever, and we'll broadcast from that room and it just, that'll be probably the most fun we have and probably where you see us the most, to be honest. You know, we've talked about doing movie reviews, Netflix shows, reviews, things like that. That would be the room we would do that in as well. Uh, so we're doing that. Uh, we have a podcast studio, which is basically a small studio with a TV. You can do video broadcasts as well. But uh, we mainly focus on recording audio podcasts, uh, four microphones, like a U-shaped style table to, so people can look at each other, but also face the camera and chit-chat. Um, and then uh, office space would then be the next room. And then the last room is um, basically a room that we will be doing professional streams from. So if we, the four of us got a sponsored gig and we wanted to sit in the same room and do the sponsored gig, we could do it. And, you know, the, it will have the ability to broadcast to the Rare Drop channel as one singular feed that we can pop, you know, Tim's feed in and then change to Corey's. And then there's an aggregate feed and then there's a, a camera view of the entire room. But also at each station, you'll have the ability to stream to your specific channel simultaneously. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, if you came in and, you know, Clint is going to do some stuff with Rare Drop and you know, you stream the twitch.tv slash clips. And then you, we also push your feed out to rare drop. So you, you could be live in both places, or let's say me and you were on and we we're pushing to the rare drop channel and I was live on mixer. You were live on your Twitch channel. Like we can have all three channels live at the same time. Sure. Uh, so we, we designed the studio in that sense to do that. Uh, so the broadcaster can, uh, will have full control over their stuff and we would control all the stuff going to the aggregate feed in rare drop. And then there's another room that, uh, Corey and Tim or Corey's going to use, uh, when he moves and, um, then it'll become my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I've heard, I mean, I've heard a lot from just, you know, from your stream and from the jam. And I talked to Alex a little bit at TwitchCon uh, this last week and yeah, it just sounds, it sounds really dope. Um, I honestly, and I get this feeling every single time I visit you guys, in Tampa or, or Orlando for, for the con or for whatever reason, like I'm always like, man, I wish I lived in Florida. Like it's just <laughs> the shit you guys have going on. And, and like just the fact that you guys are all like together. I mean, Tim lives, you know, he lives a couple hours away. Um, he's not far, not far, close enough that he can come for like a weekend, you, you know, do the jam, he's, stay the night. He still needs to move, but he's not far. He needs to get his ass over to Tampa and actually like join in the fun. It'll happen. But... It, it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen. But I'm always I'm always jealous because like and and, I'll, and and full disclosure too and I've said this on the podcast before so this isn't the first time I'm saying it but like the jam was a huge inspiration for me to to because I, I talked about doing a podcast like five years ago in fact I bought the domain and I bought like some microphones and I recorded a podcast episode like five years ago when I when I quit my job because I've always wanted to I've always enjoyed podcasts and long form content and um but I just I got into streaming and kind of put it on the back burner but it wasn't until I started listening to the jam uh, God I don't maybe two years ago, whenever, whenever you guys kind of resurged and surged it. And I mean, speakeasy has been what, two years, three years, about two years. Yeah. yeah. It was right before the speakeasy. Cause I remember, I remember watching you guys up in Corey's room 
with the green wall and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it was before that, but anyway, I, the jam was a huge catalyst for me to be like, that's the kind of podcast that I want. Just me and like, some friends or me and one friend just shooting the shit and just like having a good time. But the energy that you guys have is because you guys are physically with each other, right? You yeah. Guys, you guys go to dinner and you start the conversation yeah. there and then you come back to Corey's and that's, and you continue that, that vibe. And, um, there's, there's something lost when you do a remote podcast and I'm not saying you shouldn't because podcasting is the one piece of content creation I wish I had more time for. And I wish it was a little bit more financially rewarding to invest more time in it. Yeah. Um, it's some of my favorite content to create because I don't know, there's just this freedom in podcasting. that doesn't exist in some of the other mediums like you and me having a conversation right now. And if I ramble, it's not the end of the world. Well, yeah, I think the it's because talking it's, the better off you are. Well, I think it's because it's it's just audio, so you can multitask, right? Like, like I I say this all the time, how I I go for walks in the mornings now. Like, I wake up early and I like to go for walks versus like runs because it's longer. I, I can listen to a full episode of a podcast, right? Like, um, I was just I just finished last week, uh, Mike's solo episode, his little point five episode he did for the worst radio show, mm-hmm. and it's like. I think it was like 40 minutes. And so it was perfect. I, I was going for a shorter walk that day. So I fired it up and it was from start to finish, front door to front door. I listened to Mike, you know, and like, I think it's something about that where you can I'd be at your desk working on something, typing up a thing and listening to a podcast kind of in the background. Whereas with YouTube or even streams, it's like there's a visual element to it and you're almost like pull, you, you're pulled into watching what's happening. Whereas if you know that it's just audio and like whether it's you know one person talking or if it's multiple people talking, you know it's it's just a different concept I think, and that's why I think there's so. And what's funny too is it feels like right now podcasts are going through this like popularity, like this resurgence. But podcasts are so old. Like podcasting's been around forever. And I remember a friend of mine used to work for this company. I don't know if it's around anymore, but it um it used to you used to be able to leave comments and notes on timestamps um of podcast you, you have to watch the podcast listen to the podcast on their website but you can see like little like timestamps and like comments like at this point this happened at this point this happened and you can leave a comment on it and be like oh my god i pissed my my pants listening to this joke or whatever mm-hmm. and so that was like that was like eight years ago and so yeah it's crazy it, it there's definitely something to be said for um doing it in the same room that shouldn't discourage you from doing it remotely with a bud I know plenty of successful podcasts that do it remotely, but the best content you create is going to be in the same room. Uh, this is from doing it in the same room for 30 some episodes of worst radio show. And then a hundred and some episodes of the jam. Um, being in the same room has a different energy than it does. You know, I'm talking to Clintus right now. I can't see him. We can't, you know, physically interact and it changes some of the dynamic of having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, people are going to listen to this. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to have more questions and so on and so forth. But being in the same room provides uh, this energy that just you, you can't do remote. And 100%, if you can do it in the same room, do it in the same room. Um, yeah, and that, that one was... of the reasons Rogan's so good is because he's staring at the other person and they're having a little bit of deeper interaction than, you know, just talking to someone on the phone. 100%. 100%. And... and... One of the new one of the new uh, genres that I've been really listening to is comedians. I, I I didn't realize this, but pretty much every comedian has a podcast because yeah. you know their their job is to stand on stage in front of thousands of people telling jokes and telling stories. Podcasting is just an extension of that. They sit in front of a microphone, 
and them and one guest or them and a co-host and a guest are sitting there just doing the same thing, just telling stories, shooting the shit, whatever. And so I've started listening to like uh, Tom Segura and uh, Burt Kreischer, uh, two comedians I found on Netflix. And then I, I forget one of them mentioned they had a podcast and then I found it. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then now they do one together and it's called, it's called two bears, one cave. It's hilarious. Cause like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tom, Wayne Tom just basically just starts giving shit to Bert, and Bert just takes it, and he's just like, "Whatever, I don't care." God, I love, I love Bert Kreischer. <laughs> so ridiculous, but yeah, um, he's a dad, and like, just dad jokes just get me with comedians now. Oh the yeah, whole bit he yeah. did with his daughter having the period. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah, you you get it, you get it. Corey, Corey's like right on the cusp of enjoying these jokes with us too, but yeah. you get it, but. Yeah, if you if you can be in the same room and podcast with someone, do it. I also think, like you said, comedians use it because that's that's what they're good at. I feel like if you're a broadcaster and you have any modicum of success in the industry, you should also have some sort of podcast. You should have a way to interact a little bit on a deeper level with your viewers. I think Broman Podcast is a perfect example of that. The views he gets on that podcast when it's active and he's steadily putting out episodes is ridiculous. Sometimes more than the jam. Wow. Yeah. He he. Podcasting is a good thing. It can help you. It's a very saturated industry right now, but it doesn't hurt and it doesn't take like this insane amount of effort. If you're doing a one shot take, you know, you can run it through some filters uh, it, it, you can teach yourself to edit and editing does not have to be this big, like choppy pain in the ass when it's a podcast, you can do a one shot take and it's, it, it, it's pretty easy. I mean, our editor turns around worst radio show in the gym within 24 hours. So can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely enjoy it. I, I, I really do. Um, I've taken like, uh, this has become one of my favorite things to do, but it's the one that takes the, like, it's the short end of the stick, right? If I have run out of time or I don't have the the mental energy to, to do it, the podcast definitely takes a back seat. Hence why we're on episode 36 and we're coming up on one year, right? Like clearly I've missed some weeks there. Um, but to your point, like you made a comment earlier, it's like, unfortunately not necessarily a fine, a huge financial gain from it. Um, and it does, it, there's a niche to it where like you sit down with a guest, you have to line that guest up. Um, or if you're going to go solo, like you have to kind of somewhat have your ducks in a row. Otherwise you start, well, I, I'm guilty of this. Hence the title of the podcast. I will go on a riff and go down 20 minutes down one and wait, what was I talking about? And come back and like, oh yeah. And then go to the other direction. And I, that, that's, that's how the podcast was kind of born is because I, I just, I jump from topic to topic and then lose my train of thought and come back. And it's like, it's just this riff. When I, I, I'll jot down ideas in my phone for both shows. Uh, sometimes one will be better than the other one. But I've come a long way from trying to control the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because when you start stifling it and you become rigid and you try and make your own transitions, it when you go back and listen to it on audio, you're like, should have let that one roll. Should have let that one keep going. So there's definitely a... a, a freedom in podcasting that it doesn't exist in a lot of other stuff. And like you said, you just tangent to tangent, go off. And if you let it ride, you're going to produce the best podcast. And that another, I keep referencing Rogan, but my God, the guy gets millions of views and listens per week. Like he lets it ride. 
he he's got a few things he wants to talk about every episode but for the most part that dude just lets it roll and lets it go and he's like well we'll see what happens yeah. uh, and that's the best way to produce a freeform podcast just like we're doing and uh you know the jam the jam's a perfect example we did something fun uh on worst radio show where we did the the, the mandela effect mm-hmm. little bit that we did uh recently where i went through a bunch of stuff that were common uh things in the mandela effect oh my god i listened over. to i listen. i literally listened to that on the drive to twitchcon i was laughing my ass off dude and i want to bring more stuff like that where we, it's it wasn't really a format but it was just kind of like something stupid and fun yeah uh to the table you know we we i always see stories and i always we always forget to talk about them but you know that we wanted to do a bit on worst not a bit but a, a piece on worst radio show where we talked about there's a guy or a group of people that draws dicks all over the track for the tour de France <laughs> and how there's a crew that has to follow to, to spray paint over it. <laughs> like that is a thing. And we want to talk about it. Uh, and we always forget. Yeah. Cause or like I'll find something and depending on where I am in my week, it's like, well, is this going to end up on the jam or is this gonna <laughs> right? what's next? <laughs> so uh it's interesting and it, it people are you know like oh so both podcasts kind of have the same format i'm like well a one they're people are in the same room the other one they're not two it's like two completely different sets of personalities yeah i could bring the same topic to both podcasts and the conversation would be vastly different. oh absolutely so it's 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 refreshing to do that i uh, i love worst radio show I, i've said this i've said this numerous times uh, like on twitter or I'll reply to like Mike or Pete's tweets or something like that like you guys just crack me up because it's like, like I mean if, if correct me if I'm wrong all, everyone's from New York right like every- Mike is not from New York so the way we all met uh, was and the, I think this is the other dynamic and this is why we can do it remote and get away with it uh, I've known who have I known the longest Rob Rob is married to my cousin Rob uh, and my cousin dated for years they broke up and then rob disappeared for a bunch of years and they got back together and then they got married so i've known rob forever uh pete uh and wayne i met i met pete first uh we used to do like uh hardcore and punk shows and i met pete doing that um and then wayne and i were in a band together like half of my band quit and half of wayne's band quit so we decided to make one band out of that and the, one of the guys from Wayne's band was the one that I made contact with. And then, you know, started hanging out with Wayne, became friends with him. Um, so that's how I know them. Mike is someone we met on Twitch. Oh, wow. Yeah, not many people know that. Mike um, lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike found us on the Warps radio show episode where we had Ben and Corey on. I do remember that. Okay, I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole thing, if you tr- trace everything back, my whole career, in my opinion, starts from the moment that Ben answered my email to be on the podcast. <laughs> I was sending out blinds like, hey, would you do our podcast? Would you do our podcast? Would you do our podcast? Ben was the first one to, res- to actually respond to me. Like, I sent out so many emails. Uh, Ezekiel III responded. Uh, a few other people, if you go back and listen to old episodes, you'll see them in there, responded. But uh, Ben was like the first one said, yeah, I'd love to be on your podcast. Like we're nothing. And this was like peak destiny one. Mm -hmm. 
and he was willing to make the time for it. And I'll never forget that. And then ironically, a few weeks later, I went after Ben responded and we booked it for like, I think it was May. I was April and I was in Orlando with my family uh, visiting from New York. And Pete texts me. He's like, God, are you at Epcot today? And I go, yeah, we're here at Epcot. He goes, Goss there. <laughs> Links me the tweet. Goss like, anybody want to get a drink at Epcot? <laughs> and I said, sure. He said, meet me in Canada at six with a question mark. I said, see you there. I mean, the rest is history. He insisted. He was like, I think Ben and I should both be on your podcast. We, we play well off each other. And we had all sorts of technical issues during that episode. <laughs> that is <laughs> so, the most amazing story. Because now, like, like look back not, at the last hour we've just been talking about all the shit you guys have done together. Never would have happened. Ah, uh, dude, I've said this too. Like I actually did a, a, like a, like a bonus episode on the podcast about serendipity. Just mm-hmm. how like where, where I used to work at Cox communications, uh, like my, my career was all serendipity. Like I, mm-hmm. I got in entry level tech support, making shit money, not paying my bills, double my salary because I did a side project for my boss, introduced me to this manager. And then she left that role to another role, but then fast forward four years later, she rehired me and again, doubled my salary because I, I needed a, a, a supervisor position. Like it was just way crazy how that shit happens. And then yeah. same thing with my online career, like a meeting here that I had six months later developed into a partnership and this over there here and that, like, I love those moments. I love, it's like right place, right time scenarios. We, we even go back further. Like Rob's like, Rob likes to be the one we, when we started the first episode, we weren't live on Twitch. We were on this website that I found that you could do live, like radio show, podcasty type things. So I was like, what if we do a live show on this website? The website's called Spreaker. It's some Italian website that you can create like live audio content. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, so we were like, oh, we'll broadcast live. And I remember we had like three people listening the first episode on like, it was like internet radio. We were like, oh, this is so cool. And then Rob had been like silently streaming on Twitch. He was playing Warcraft. He's like, what if we did it on Twitch? I'm like, it's a gaming site. I don't know if that'd be cool. So we sat in gaming talk shows. And the whole joke was that I would spend like two minutes of every episode talking about gaming just so we, quote, wouldn't get shut down. <laughs> and, you know, you can trace it back to that. I, I also... People, a lot of people sometimes assume that I moved to Florida because of all of this. That's not true. Danielle's family uh, moved down here years ago. Uh, we were 16 because I've known Danielle since we were like 12. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we've, we've and we grew up together in New York. Uh, we went to church together. Our families went to the same church. And um, I she moved, I think, when she was 16. Uh, and we stayed in touch. We stayed friends. And um we i was this this is this is this is the other crazy part of the whole story so i met Corey. they did that thing um and we were already you know talking like do you think we should move to florida you know your parents would be very helpful with the kids uh my mom's very busy in new york with her own stuff and um my job at the time i was in a i was working for an event planning company and things weren't the best there. And I kept trying to get ownership stake in some of the projects we were working on and things like that. And I couldn't get my, my next step. Like I couldn't get the, 
thing that wanted would keep me there. Maybe it's not a raise, but maybe I get like 10% of, you know, ownership of this project. So there's some stake in it, anything. Mm -hmm. And nothing was, was happening. And I was getting frustrated. I was getting upset. I was applying for jobs for events with like Blizzard and 2K. And I even uh, had a phone interview with two mobile gaming companies that didn't go anywhere. Uh, I tried to leverage a friend of mine who was working for Rockstar and see if I can get in there. Like I was trying so hard to get in. And then the thing with Ben and the podcast, Corey insisting he should be on when I met him, you know, Corey then even after that, cause we found out that he lived right by my in-laws. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. So he was like, Hey, let's meet up at this, this bar when you go back to Tampa. I was like, all right, cool. So I did that. And you know, that whole summer we, spent talking like should we move should we move should we move this is you know i'm making good money but i'm miserable like i was we were doing okay and you know we're renting a house we're thinking about buying it but i was miserable and uh finally i came down for sweatcon Mm -hmm. in august and i i met ben for the first time uh, and that's where I met T-Rex and I spilled beer on Bife. It's a whole thing. That's another whole story. Uh, and, you know, I met Liz and all these people that I didn't know for the next five years would be people that I would, you know, be in a re- relation with in all of this. And it, uh, Danielle and I had been talking the whole summer. We're like, should we move? Should we move? So we started looking at places when we were here for SweatCon. And, I'm trying to find a job here. She's trying to find a job here because we just can't cut it in New York anymore. I'm miserable. I need to get out of my job because it's going to like kill me by at 45 if I stay there. And freaking in October, or no, in September, like right after we got home, she gets a call and she's the one who got the call for the job. They were looking for someone that was an architect and interior designer, which they jokingly called the unicorn because apparently that's not common. And she is both. Wow. And yep. And she got the job. The salary was good. And we packed everything up and moved down. And I was a stay at home dad when I first moved here, which was the weirdest thing because I've never done that. (laughs) But it was also cool because I got to watch my son grow up, which was something I didn't really get to do with my my oldest. Uh, And. I was doing some some market or uh, some PR uh, PR human resources stuff. Uh, a little bit of consulting and doing some stuff for my in-laws and some of their friends just to make a little extra money on the side. And I said to Danielle, cause I was streaming when I was in New York and I was like, can I just try this for a bit and see if like, if it works, if it doesn't work at by the end of this year, like I'll call it a day. It was a fun run and it was something I tried. I said, but I don't want to kick myself for the rest of my life and say, what if, mm-hmm. so could you give me like, cause I was doing, seven eight at night till 12 one in the morning and then waking up with the kid at like six like i was doing real gamer hours yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh she said yeah i don't want you to i don't want you to go back and regret this so let's give it a whirl and then february right after i moved Corey's like what if we turn sweatcon into a thing (laughs) and i said go on he goes well you're an event planner you have experience what if we got a venue and we made it like a con type thing and that's how that got started. And then when I was streaming, Corey and Ben were like, you need to get partnered. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what, what does that mean? 
and they started rating me every single day or back in the day clintus i don't know if you remember this on twitch because i think you were on youtube at the time but Corey would come in and he'd drop a host and then you know i'd have a couple hundred viewers at that point and mm-hmm. he'd be like i give you the gift of encoding because back in the day if you weren't a partner you didn't get you didn't get encoding options yeah yeah, yeah. so it was it was wild and then i remember i applied twice for partnership and twitch was basically like uh well we you get hosted a lot <laughs> so we're not i'm like i'm sorry are you punishing me for my friends helping me right <laughs> so and then in in april i got partnered of that year that's how quickly all of that oh that was, yeah together. that was fast yeah my life dramatically changed in six months and then we did sweatcon and or a uh, destiny community con in august it's so like within those those formative, I would say nine months of my life were just that was a, that was a wild ride, wow. and that was nuts. And every everything that I was and the person I had spent thirty plus years becoming, just like it was like taking a hard U turn on a highway and just going the other way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I lived, that's I lived all around story, my whole life. I did all of this stuff. Was was I left my family? I left everything, and it was like YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so. man like that that's that's the kind of stories that i think more people need to hear right like to to hear success and to hear like like you said serendipity taking risks like obviously it doesn't yeah. always work out right some people fail i'm i'm, I'm yeah. a fail i've had failures like i quit my job um it wasn't a fantastic job but i quit a job to go work at a studio because I thought, oh, this is my big break. I'm going to go work make movies, right? I was working on a movie at the time, and these guys offered me to, to just pay my salary that I was making at my job. And two months later, they closed up shop. And they're like, yeah, we're out of money. It's not working out. See ya. And they owed me a month's worth of pay. And yeah. I ended up keeping a the computer that, they, uh, that I was using. And I went on my own for a year, took a second mortgage out, and, and that failed. And went back to the 9 to 5 with a buttload of debt and slowly worked my way out of that for the last, you know, for the next five years. And, and I found YouTube and YouTube started taking off for me, but you know, everything's a roller coaster. Everything's a, a, a gamble. Um, yeah. Yeah. I always say calculated risk is the way to do it. You know, you gotta, there's gotta be a plan in place for if it doesn't work. Yeah. You, you know, but take, but take the risk if you can. It, it, because you, like I said, I didn't want to kick myself the rest of my life wondering if I could have been good at this one thing, you know, and it worked out. I'm not ninja, but man, I, the amount of money I've made streaming, if you told me that I would do this 10 years ago, I'd laugh in your face. Right. So, you know, I, I remember the, the one conversation, Clint, this, this is a, you'll enjoy this too, if you're enjoying the rest of this was I told Danielle when we talked about that, I was like, all I want to do is pay our rent with this. Like, if, if I do that, is that considered successful? And she said, yeah, if you pay our rent, like, you, you did something right. So I said, all I want to do is pay the rent. And I will never forget the month before I got partnered, I got my uh, PayPal statement back because it was before any monetization if you weren't a partner. I got my PayPal statement back. I said, babe, I made double our rent. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I could not believe what I was looking at. I was like, I made double our rent. And she looked at me like, are you shitting me? And she grabbed the statement and she went, oh my God. <laughs> and she couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, 
I, I said that Christmas too to Ben and Corey. I said the text Christmas morning. I was like, man, I love you guys. Merry Christmas. You fuckers are the reason I, you know, I had such a great year. And Corey responds, yeah, I know. <laughs> Very Corey. Very Corey. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a wild ride. And I tell everyone, like, take the risk. Always have the backup plan, you know, because especially if you're like me and Clintus, you have a family you have to worry about and things like that. You can't just like YOLO. I'm going to try streaming full time. So I'm going to give up my 40 hour a week, $60,000 a year job and just do this. That's probably not the best idea. But maybe, you know, I got a buddy who just uh, just got partnered. He is the top Lord of the Rings online streamer on Twitch. His name's Bloodborne, B-L-U-D-B-O-R-N. That's his shout out. Um, just got partnered. He's been streaming longer than me. Uh, the dude is real gamer hours. He plays Destiny a little bit. He plays WoW a little bit, but his game is Lord of the Rings Online. That's his community. He is like numero uno, the guy. And all of these years, he's been doing it. And he just got partnered now, like a month wow. ago. And he, But he's such a genuine dude. He's very good at what he does. High production value. Just got partnered now. He's been doing it for six freaking years. But you know what his hours are? Because he has a full-time job and a family. He starts streaming at 10 p.m. because I think he's central. So 9 p.m. central and he ends at 2 a.m. central and gets up and goes to work. And he has done this for six years. Damn. That's how bad he wanted it. Yeah. So it's like if you want it that bad, go for it. Have the backup plan in place. Make sure everyone's okay in your life. But then there's the other side of the coin that I tell people. And this is where everyone calls me cynical and a dick and yells at me. And then I yell back at them at the roast at next year's event. Like. There's also a point of realization where you might not be cut out for the thing. Yes. You might, it might not be for you. Like find your, your, your niche because you can still be a part of the community. You can still be fun stuff. Like maybe you're not a good broadcaster. Maybe you are really good at podcasting. That, that is, that is a thing. You know, maybe you're, maybe I suck at YouTube. I can't make YouTube content to save my life. If I wanted to, my YouTube is literally just a VOD archive. That's all it is. That's all it'll ever be. Uh, the only thing I've ever talked about doing is like, I constantly teeter and ask Clintus, like, you think I should do a vlog? <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, like that's, I'm terrible at YouTube content, I'm terrible at pre-recording videos. Dave, our editor has been asking me to make a video for why I renamed my YouTube for worst radio show for future content. And it's just like, I sit in front of the screen. I'm like, I, uh, mm. <laughs> but you put me in front of a people, like a bunch of people live and you want me to talk. I'll talk to you all day. No like, problem. It's what I'm good at. Just find your niche. That's, that's what I tell people all the time. And a lot of people force the broadcasting thing. Cause they think like, this is it. And this is, you know, I want to play video games. You might not be cut out for that, you know, or, I Live broadcasting might be a thing, but maybe it's not video games. Maybe you're really good at music. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? That's the thing. There's, there's a lot of options and, and you, you just kind of touched on it. Like there's a lot of different mediums that, you know, there's, there's written word, there's photos, there's audio, there's video, there's live. And, you know, when, when, like someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's always talking about like creating a business around something that you love, something that you're passionate about and how you, as long as you're creating content, You've got to figure out that that piece of content that you enjoy making, but also that's sustainable, right? Like you know, you have to enjoy it. You're forcing yourself to go live. You're forcing yourself to make a YouTube video just for the sake of like, I want to be a YouTuber, so I'm making YouTube videos. 
you know, I tell people, you know, kids come to my chat, you know, or, or Instagram DMs or something like that asking me like advice. How do I get started? How do I get more views, more subs, whatever? You know, I'm constantly saying how like, just find whatever it is that you want to talk about or, or to share and just focus on that and not focus about like the numbers so much, which is hard to do. And I'm guilty of this as well. Like, you know, you're used to a certain number or you're used to a certain response. And then when that response changes, those numbers change, or, you know, at one point in time you were growing at a certain rate, but now you stopped growing or maybe you're going in the negative, like it can definitely put you down. And so like, that's why I'm constantly telling people like, you know, find that thing that you love, because if you love it, then it doesn't matter about the, the other stuff doesn't matter, you know? Right. And, and then to your point, and this is the other side of the coin is just cause you love it doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at it or that right. other people are going to want to, you know, hear it come from you. You know, I use the, uh, the basketball analogy all the time. Like anybody can dribble a basketball. Anybody can shoot a basketball. You can even be a good basketball player, but the 1% of the top 1% are the only ones that are gonna make the NBA. Right. And, you know, and so while, no one's telling you not to pick up that basketball and go shoot hoops at the, at the YMCA or, or, or the local park. You know, there is going to be somebody who's at the gate that says, sorry, you're not good enough. And with content creation, there really isn't those gates. You know, the, right. the gates are going to be the analytics. The gates are going to be your, you know, maybe you have a personal goal to hit a certain number at a certain time. And if you don't hit it, then you're like, okay, go back and analyze that and figure out why. And then to make the decision whether or not to keep pushing forward or to pivot. It, the, the part of the pivot too that, I, and I've talked, I talked about this on with Ben on one of the Broman podcast episodes, and this is probably the most ignored thing in our industry, is that, just like I described my buddy Bloodborne, it is okay to do this part time. No one ever wants to acknowledge that it is okay to do this part time if you work, and you're raising a family or you have a significant other you have other things you want to dedicate your time to and you only have 16 hours a week to do this there is nothing wrong especially now with the way monetization works wherever you broadcast it is so different than when clintus and i started so different that you can do this part-time you don't even have to be a partner and you could probably make a couple hundred bucks a month Yep. I had I had a viewer who just went back to Twitch because uh, things weren't working the way you wanted on Mixer. He went back to Twitch and he made a couple hundred bucks and he sent me the screenshot in Discord. And it just, you know, because he, he was saying it like, you know, like you inspired me and, you know, you told me to go where I felt like my brand was going to be best utilized because I'm not a platform loyalist. I don't bleed purple. I don't bleed blue. I don't give you a shit. Right, if it right. works for you, it works for you. Like go there, do that thing. Uh, YouTube, I, I don't care. Like, Go to the place that's going to benefit you the most. Um, and, uh, you know, so he was telling me like, oh, you know, you inspired me with all this stuff. And he sent me the screenshot of his earnings for the month. And at the bottom, it said, I had enough to pay for daycare for my kids for the month. Ah, oh, dude, and that's I awesome. Was like, I was like, that's the real shit. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you don't have to put in the 60 hours a week. You don't need great on saturday just because shadow keep came out and you put in 70 hours we took off from work and did it as a vacation cool that's that's do it but if you like have responsibilities and and you can only put in you know 15 hours and you're like oh man i'm not even gonna hit light level 900 power level for you elitist uh 900 uh i'm, I'm not gonna be able to do it you know this sucks it's like who cares 
enjoy it at your pace. If you're streaming it, that's awesome. If you're making money while you're streaming it, that's even better. Like you don't need to be goth. You don't need to be bro man. You don't need to be gigs. You be you and work within your means. Because if my mixer deal never came along, I probably never would have went full time. And I would be part time to this day. And I still would be very happy part time because I enjoyed part time. I probably would have cut back a little bit more with all the stuff going on with rare drop and so on and so forth. But even if I was only doing three, four days a week, like I don't foresee my, I could see myself going back to part time and doing it, you know, three, four days a week when I have time splitting my time between the sports channel and stuff like that. But I don't think that's a bad thing. It's like, I got to be full time doing this for however many years it lasts. And I think that's the coolest shit in the world. Like the fact that I got to do that for however many, however long. Like, you know how many games I got to play that I probably wouldn't have played because I had the time to? Yeah, my brother-in-law made a point to say that, um, you know, because the recent years, my YouTube channel has gone through some crazy, like, changes and whirlwinds of the platform making changes and then the content and mm -hmm. all kinds of... But, he, you know, he made a point to say that, okay, so this was a, a year ago. So four years, you've been home with your kids. You've allowed your wife to be home with your kids. You've traveled you did all these amazing things like even if this is the end right if next year is your, is your last year and you got to go back to the nine to five just think about that time you had and you and did it yeah yeah well that's just it too i and i said i actually I just said that recently i feel like i can check that box and say that i am a full-time content creator i am a yeah. full-time youtuber i am a full-time streamer whatever you want to say like Obviously, all of those pieces together is what makes my business and pays the bills. It's not any one thing anymore because I diversified. But I'm, yeah, I, I did it. I made it, and and you know, that a lot not a lot of people can can say that. So I, right. there's definitely the, the positive lining, um, you know, silver lining on on things when you have to look at things. It's easy to look at one aspect of things and get down in the dumps or get down on yourself um, for various for various reasons. But all the things you just said about the guy paying his, you know, his um, childcare you paying the rent yeah. like those are things those are the things to highlight things are the things to praise and uh to be you know proud of and i don't i don't expect twitch like people are like twitch should talk about this stuff why <laughs> they're a multi they're owned by a multi-billion dollar company uh and you know they're a multi-million dollar company like why are they gonna highlight things like that uh, yeah maybe on a small scale of twitchcon they'll do that but you're never gonna end up in one of those twitch videos on the website that's like i you know paid my rent this month with twitch that's not what they want to highlight. They want to highlight the glitz, glamour, and the big and the cool stuff that's going on. And that's fine because that's that's what their job is to do. And that's their marketing strategy. And that's how they're going to bring more viewers in. And that's how they're going to make streaming look glamorous. But you need to look outside the box. And you, person, whoever I'm talking to right now out there in, in the podcast world, and say, like, this is what I'm good at. This is how I'm going to execute. And if I only have 20 hours a week to execute on said thing, then that's what I'm going to put into it. You know, I love Gary V. Gary V is fantastic when you get started. I what I don't like about Gary V and where I become a little bit more Tim Ferriss is the give up everything you have <laughs> to chase your dream <laughs> and die trying to do it. Cause he does get a bit like that at times. Uh, you know, meanwhile, Tim Ferriss can be a little bit on the lackadaisical side uh of things. So finding the balance for me personally, Kevin, um, is it was the way I did it and how I recommend people do it. Some people might be that that type of personality though, that Gary V, I can never turn it off personality. And that's that's okay too. It really depends on you and how you operate. 
uh, but don't put yourself in a grave trying to chase your dream. That's that's my two cents. Is it's not worth it if it's gonna if it's gonna harm you or cut your life short or do anything like that just because you know you wanted to play video games or uh, you know who knows do whatever for the rest of your life. Uh, and like like me and Clint said, if you got to do it, you got to do it. And that's that's wild. It's wild if you just take a step back and look at it that you got to do it, you know? I don't well, know. Yeah, and, and going back to the basketball analogy, right? Like, look at people like Michael Jordan, uh, you know, like, like he was a superstar NBA player, and that has a finite amount of time, right? Like, once mm-hmm. your body's no longer there, your men- mentality's no longer there, whatever, younger talent keeps coming up, it's time to move on. He's still always going to be known as an NBA, you know, legend, and, and and maybe Michael Jordan's a bad example because he is a legend. But like I'm just saying, if someone who's known for playing basketball, right? To this day, when you meet an athlete, like oh, he used to play for X and you know team. I mean, my my wife's uh, friend is was uh, he used to play catcher for the Reds and the Indians, and he did that for eight eight nine years. And he lives here and he owns a bunch of restaurants now. And like, if I told you his name, you probably wouldn't know it, right? And that's okay because guess what? He got to do it. Dude, dude got to play baseball professionally for eight or nine years. Every time I've talked to him, he's like, I, I wish I could go back and do it again because it was so much fun. But you hit the point where you have to do whatever you got to do to grow up. Yeah. And uh, or I don't want to say grow up, but move on to the next step. And, you know, for me, I have like 75 other things wrapped up in this world that I probably won't be done with this world of broadcasting and content creation. Possibly I'll probably retire being involved in it at this point because I've ingrained myself so much in it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be a full-time broadcaster on Mixer or Twitch or Caffeine or whatever budget thing turns up over the next two years. Um, I probably most likely will go back to part-time at some point. You know, sure. Ben has a dream to sit down and play whatever he wants. <laughs> like the poor man just wants to play through Chrono Trigger all the way through. <laughs> right. And it, he's going to get to a point where he's like, I have enough money in my bank account that it's okay to do this. Or I have enough investment that it's okay to do this and be comfortable where you're at. And, and, and in that be comfortable enough to take a risk and don't hurt yourself taking the risk. And if 20 hours a week is all you got, then only give it 20 hours a week. Don't don't hurt yourself or your family to to keep the dream. You know, somebody did you see that tweet from some esports athlete? You know, like I sold my mattress and slept on a wood plank and blah, blah. (laughs) It's like, no, don't don't tell an impressionable kid who's in college, especially because you're a Fortnite esports pro, like terrible advice like this. You want to do it that way? Cool. How many people did what you did and, and, and now don't have a bed either? Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's fine balance. Man, balance is just, it's the thing. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm, I, I never tell people how old I am. I'm 37 and I don't think I've gotten to a point where I even fully understand the game enough to, to you know, say like, oh man, I'm comfortable that, that, you know, everything I've put myself in and we're investing in is going to pay off and, you know, we're going to be, 
my family's going to be okay in 20 years because, you know, I've cashed in my 401k to buy this house. Me and my wife saved for our entire marriage so we could own a home. And, you know, to get it over the hump, to get it in this house, we needed to cash in my 401k and do it. So my excuse to myself was that Kings Coast was going to be my 401k. Mm-hmm. You know, that was what was going to be my future investment. And whatever happens with King Co- Kings Coast down the road, whether I sell my shares or somebody buys us out or we get an investment partner, like that's going to be it for me down the road. Um, calculated risk. Like it could blow up in my face and I could lose everything on that. But the chances of that happening, in my opinion, are pretty slim. Uh, and I'm willing to roll the dice. And so is she. That's another thing. I'm rambling. That's another thing is. Uh, spouse or significant other buy-in oh 100 yeah and i know you're gonna because i think we've talked about this too like privately like if you don't have buy-in don't do it don't 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 do it you need the support (laughs) don't do it if you don't have the buy-in yeah tiffany tiffany was not into the whole camera thing like for years i vlogged and she never was even on camera like people like you don't have a wife you're just you know that you know that joke but when i so when i like i said when i quit my job um the first time around to work on movies i was you know we were young just had our first kid uh bought our house like oh yeah this is it man i'm making money doing what i went to school for blah blah and so that you know when that failed and we got into debt Fast forward 10 years later, 20, you know, 33 year old Clint now wanting to do basically the same thing. She was like, like, she didn't want to do it. She was like, you're going to quit your job again. And, and you know, have a, you have a good career. You've got 401k pension benefits. Like really like you're, and at the time, right. With the way YouTube was going, the trajectory, everything. I was like, yeah, look at all these success stories I had. Cause it was like case studies, right. I'm like laying down the, the evidence like, oh yeah. Success story. One, two, three, four, you know? And uh, so it definitely took a lot of convincing, but, Again, if she was absolutely against it, I wasn't going to just go like, oh, you know, F you, I'm going to go quit my job. And, you know, like that wasn't that wasn't the case. Like to your point, like 100 percent had to make sure she was comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, she stayed with her job for six months after I quit mine just to go out kind of as a backup plan. Like, OK, well, if this doesn't work out, then, you know, at least I still have my job and, you know, we can kind of figure it out. But obviously, six months after the fact, I the channel had just exploded and things were going really well. I was like, all right, cool. I made the right decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like I said, I told Danielle and we put a we put a time on it. Like if I didn't do the thing in that amount of time, it was going to be like, cool. Like it was, it was, I tried and it, it just wasn't for me and it would have sucked and I would have missed it. And you know, you probably would have convinced her three, four years down the road and be like, give me another chance. Let me give it one more shot. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, like I did it. And I had the proof and uh, it's pretty much been steady. Some months have been absolutely fantastic and a blessing. And it's like, you know, it's great. Other months it's been like, well, we're going to be a little short uh, on, you know, projections, but uh, you know, we're, we're good with our money. We're smart. We don't, we're not extravagant spenders. uh, So uh, we, we've, we've learned to balance and, you know, I got enough shit going on that money comes in from various places. So if something sucks on one end, it might be better on the other end. Uh, you know, it'll be all right. But again, calculated risks, don't, don't do anything insane, (laughs) but take a chance as long as you, as long as you can come out on the other side and not harm yourself or your family or someone else. Like I always say, take the risk. 
it, it can't hurt. You know, I got stuff coming up and coming down the pipeline that it's like, all right, well, cross my fingers yellow and see what happens. Uh, but I also have my back. I also, I, and Clintus knows because I told him about it before the podcast. Uh, I also <laughs> uh, had, uh, I also have my backup plans, you know, in place for, all right, if that doesn't work out, then this is, this is what I'm going to spend that time doing. And, you know, this is what the finances will look like and so on and so forth. It sucks that everything comes back to money. And, you know, we were saying earlier, do what you love. You know, I do the sports thing. I don't make a ton of money off the sports thing, but I really do enjoy doing it. I, it's my best way to connect with people playing a sports game. Um, uh, and part of the reason I moved it back to Twitch, though, was because the monetization for it on Mixer was just basically non-existent, and I couldn't justify the time sink without some sort of monetary return. Yeah. Uh, so I moved it back to Twitch, and, you know, the subs are, are pretty decent, and... and bits are good so it felt like the right move and that i made a good decision on on uh that um but you know oh money money is there and and some streamers will be like you know the money doesn't matter at all and you know you just play what you love every day and 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 you'll you know eventually something good will happen and i'm like no that's that's not true either (laughs) you have to put together a plan you know, to be somewhat successful, unless you're just, if you're a hobbyist, play whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But, I think that's the important part too. And, and you, I mean, you've hit so many great topics on like, it's okay to be part-time. It's okay to like have a goal to, like you said, pay one bill or whatever. And so then you just said the third, the third pillar of that is like, maybe you don't care about the money at all. Like maybe you just, yeah. you just want to play games and share it with people. And like, I, I always, I love struggle bus TV. Like that dude streams, uh, he's an affiliate. And all of his proceeds go towards St. Jude. Charity. Yep. And, you know, so so he plays video games with his friends and he's just having a good time. He's a great broadcaster, but he's got his job and he just does it for the fun of it. And anything, any money he does make goes to the charity. Yep. And I, I think that's fantastic. And that, there's there's a place for that. There's a place for that. Yeah. It's, it's a noble cause because it's one of those, like, I'll probably be playing video games anyway. I'm going to use this time to you know, raise money for charity and he's a great person and he, you know, he's a very valuable community member with stuff he's done over the years for, with, uh, guardian con and St. Jude. Um, so yeah, you, you can do as I know someone who's, who's incredibly, incredibly wealthy who streams and they just do it cause they enjoy it. You know, it's just what they like doing. And, uh, the numbers, I don't think matter to them whatsoever, but they just enjoy it. And you know, the money doesn't matter. And that's okay too. I think shoving an entire Broman podcast into the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right? uh, uh, I think I think what I'm trying to say, and as I vomit out all these various ideas and thoughts and situations, is like don't listen to the people online that are like hot take about streaming and like this one dimensional view of how streaming works or how to stream. Or uh, here's Ninja's book on streaming. Um, your circumstances are going to be different. Your wants and needs out of what you're going to get out of streaming are going to be different. Your financial situation is going to be different. Everything couldn't be more different than the person you're probably looking at for advice. You know, I could easily turn around to all three of my business partners and be like, why don't I have, you know, why, why, why are all their numbers so much better than mine? Uh, why, you know, why don't I get half of what they get? But at the same time, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for two of them. 
I wouldn't be where I am at if it wasn't for two of them. Right. I probably wouldn't have most of my subs if it wasn't for two of them. So it's like, man, I am so happy that they just dragged me along on this wild ride that we're all on right now. And I feel incredibly, incredibly uh, lucky to have, have been the one that they were like, all right, come on, we're, we're we can do some crazy shit. You ready? Right. Right. And, and yeah. And again, like I, I, I love what I do. All of it. It's, it's exhausting, especially with a five month old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I like, to the thought of going back to a nine to five is is just I can't think about it anymore. It's, I feel like I've I've gone over the hill where it's like you know you're 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 knee deep in so many different projects at this point that all of it would have to collapse and and fail and uh for it to all end. So it's instead of thinking like what if and if I fail at this point, I feel like I've reached the point where it's not. It's like all right, how do I build more projects to create more stability within what we're doing? So if one thing fails, the next thing works. And that's another thing. Like, it's okay to fail along the way. <laughs> I know we keep doing this, but my God, it's okay to fail. It's okay to, to, to have this great idea. And then you get on stream or you do it on YouTube. I'm sure it's happened to Clintus too. And you get up there and you're like, man, this is going to slay. And you put it out to the world and the world's like, eh, that was okay. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that great. That's the and worst. You're like, <sighs> it's okay. It really is. Everyone fails. Everyone has like miserable uh, moments where they're like, retrospect, probably shouldn't have done that. So it's okay to fail as well. What else you got, buddy? As I, well, goddamn, <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like, like I, this is fantastic. Like, we're just we're gonna have, I'm gonna have to have you back on the podcast. Like, like, there's so many other things I wanted to talk to you about, but like, this is great, and this is exactly where what I love about my 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 my, my quote unquote format of the podcast is just like we start talking about shit and just the conversation goes where the conversation goes. And I love how this is because I wanted to definitely talk about your businesses and like what you have going on. Because like I said, that's one of my favorite things to talk to you about. And I don't get to do that very often, obviously, because I just, I love where your headspace is and everything you're saying. I'm just like nodding. I'm sitting here nodding at the microphone. I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And I, I just love it. Cause I feel like you and I are definitely on the same wavelength on a lot of things. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. We've um, had some, we've had some good conversations, you and me. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I mean, I definitely, we definitely have to have you come back. Cause I, I want to talk about video games. I want to talk about, yeah. um, you know, we talked about broadcasting, but more specifics about broadcasting specifics, but we'll definitely have to come back on. Um, you got a new, you got a baby. I want to talk, you talk about being dads, <laughs> like so many things, man. So you definitely have to come back Ooh. on. We'll do a part two uh, soon. I'm not going to be like, come back. And then two years later, like, well, I'm back on Riven with Clintus for episode 644. Right. Uh, no, like I will, I will make time uh, to, to come back and, and uh, get all the other topics. I think the dad stuff with me and you too, will be fun. Cause Clintus and I have, uh, our daughters are almost the same exact age. And then I have a huge gap and then you have uh, Bryce. Um, so I feel like the dadding of, of teenage daughters would be a very interesting conversation between me and Clintus. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, but that's the other thing is too, if you talk about dad stuff, it's like, I can talk to you about every facet of dad life right now. Cause I have three different age groups. Yeah. 15 and fucking snotty and, and five months and adorable and beautiful and won't let me sleep. So <sighs> everything in between. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll we'll do soon. I, I'm um once this studio is like my biggest thing, and I got a couple things going on in October. But uh, aside from 
go to New York and Thanksgiving, but I'll make time. We'll make it happen, I'll definitely. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even talk about the lightning stuff. I know. That's what I'm saying. There's so <laughs> there's so many things that we still haven't talked about. Like that's we have to do another. Okay, so first of all, I just want to say this is little, this is hands down the longest episode I've done. So you are officially the longest episode because <laughs> we just have nice. so much to talk about, and there's nice. so much more to talk about. But I, I want to be mindful of your time. You have a family. It's three hours time difference too. So I know it's getting late. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta like eat dinner and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I still got, I'm gonna do a night stream because I'm still grinding for power uh, for Destiny. So, oh, God, I gotta get to 9:20. I'm getting yeah. anxiety about it now. Yeah, yeah, same. So, real quick, just uh, do 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 a quick plug. Where can people find you at on the interwebs? Uh, for all me stuff, it's uh, Kevin X Vision on Twitter, K Magic 101 everywhere else. Mixer is where I stream. Uh, Facebook, uh, you can find me there. All, all the places. I'm Team Magic 101. Um, check out the Worst Radio Show. Check out the Jam. Uh, it's pretty much on all the places you get your podcast. Um, you can follow Rare Drop on Twitter. We have a door with fun shirts and all that stuff. And I'm trying to think. 101 Sports Net. It's twitch.tv slash 101 Sports Net. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I'll, have the, I'll have the big everything. ones. I'll have the big ones in the in the, in the show notes. In the, there you in go. The deep, so look in the, the show details. notes. Yeah, I'll have I'll have the big stuff in there. But that's the thing. Like he does so many things, it's like it's hard to like rental them all off. So. Kingscoastcoffee.com. <laughs> I'll just oh, keep yeah. remembering things while you're doing your outro. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I appreciate your time and uh and all the all the all the all the laughs, man. My pleasure. All right, guys. Uh thanks so much for listening in. This is this is the longest episode so far. So I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no apologize at all, man. Like I said, I feel like I, I could sit here and talk another hour easily, hands down. Like, but I'm like, let's just let's just cut it here and uh we'll we'll do a part two very soon. So uh as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And uh I'm I'm live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash Clintus, vlogs or youtube.com slash Clintus, and uh, of course twitter.com slash Clintus for all the updates on all the things. And I will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Thank <laughs> you.